Hello and welcome to Podcast of Big Class Comment Page.com, and today I am Austin. You've got Dan, and I am joined by Jared. Hello. How's it going? I'm looking at the camera, yeah. Hey! <laughs> and as, as per popular request, Chrissy Jameson. Oh, hello. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but by popular request, I'm talking about that. Who's that? Will's Chrissy's coming on. Ah, he's coming on. That was that was a popular request. <laughs> <laughs> that? I'm still hurt. I'm still hurt. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, today we have a podcast to do for you guys, but we don't have that much content to go through because there's been not much happening in terms of news this week. Um, last week was a big week, but this week it's been kind of slow. But we're still going to get to the news and beat the dead horse and skip the barrel. But before we get there, I mean, look at me sailing the show already. Before we get there, um, we're going to do our discussion topic for this week, which I do believe is quite a, a juicy one. Um, and it is the best and worst examples of CGI facial effects in movies. Originally, we were going to say CGI de-aging effects, and then we were like, well, what about the ones that are aging up? And what about the ones that are like recreating dead folks and all the rest of it? So we're kind of opening that a wee bit wider. Um, it's just the worst kind of facial CGI bullshit you've ever seen in a movie where you've watched it and went, well, that doesn't look real. That looks like a plastic figure. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, who would like to go first? Why don't you hit me with just a really bad example first? Right, I was going to go. Oh, right, this is controversial, right? But I, it is bad. But I yeah. think it's no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. The Robert Downey Jr. one uh, and the Civil War. Give us your thoughts. Is it smooth too much? What's going on? I'm I like it's. I'm looking at it right now. Right, I think. I think a big part of this... Do you know what, I'm actually, I'm going to write these down as we go because I want to edit in a gif, at least, of each one as we go so that folks at home can kind of look, look at what we're talking about. Because that's the thing. I think a lot of them, right, are genuinely, like... It depends on whether you're looking at a star image or whether you're looking at... A moving, a, a moving image. I think sometimes... Mm. Like, I'm looking at a still right now, right, a Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, and he looks okay. But when you, you put it into... Into live action like movement, it just looks. I don't know. I think it just looks strange. Yeah. Um. Slimy. What do you, you kind of think of them? They're just like slimy. Just, I don't know. I think. I guess that's where it's you're very, coming. right. With, specifically with the Robert Downey Jr. one, I think it looks like yeah, like kind of like he's just been born. Like, yeah, he's just he's still got that like residue he's like, he's on him. He's a bit slimy. shiny. His hair's kind of weirdly flat and. His face just isn't moving quite right. It just yeah. It's just, right. uh, this is what it kind of looks like, and I don't know if this is just because I've done animation and I kind of know how facial animation works. But it, but then again, no, because there's some really good examples here that you don't notice this. But it looks like something's a bit of string. Like see when he smiles, there's a bit of string on the other side, and I like filling it up and pushing it down. And that is exactly yeah. how that's how facial animation works. It has wee arrows that you move, but in this, I feel like it's really kind of. I don't know, noticeable and false. And I don't really get it because deep fake technology doesn't really use that. Deep fake technology is AI, which is based on the movement that's already in the source clip. So surely if they just get him to do that scene and then put the young face over it, it shouldn't look pushed and pulled. I don't know why then, that happened, but it just looks odd. Yeah, they did it like they, I kind of feel like they don't trust deep fake because it's cheaper or it's like it's too much of a like you just put it in. I, I don't think it's as much of a process. We're going to get to the Mandalorian, which is a big yeah, example yeah, exactly, of yeah. how deep fake is better than... But we'll get there. Yeah. No, but I think one 
one thing I'm like noticing watching back the clip for this, I was like, the one thing they fuck up really is the hair. Yeah, yeah. The face yeah. works okay, but see yeah. the hair it moves, it's like, oh god, that looks like he's just put far too much wax in it. Or he's like, like <laughs> obviously, I think in the scene, is he just meant to woke up out of bed? Or <laughs> so his hair is meant to be kind of like messy, but. <laughs> Just it looks flat. It looks yeah, and you can kind of go, well, that's clearly not the same. <laughs> One of those is not like the other. Do you know what I mean? Like it's very clearly obvious that you know, especially when they're doing expect. Obviously, the actors are expressing with their faces. So uh-huh. when they're doing all these kind of the, the real actors are doing all these kind of subtle facial movements, and then this guy's in the corner, like yeah, it's kind of <laughs> this is this is awful. This is kind of <laughs> so I. I, I think from kind of from rewatching it a couple of t- like I think maybe like the second time I rewatched it or something. I was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. But then when you actually see real Robert Downey Jr. beside it, I think they got the form of it pretty oh, yeah. fucking spot on. But, like, I think it's easy to... And even looking at that still there, it's yeah. very easy. Like, when you just see it there without real Robert Downey Jr., it is kind of... Yeah. He's a weathered man. He's still, he's still a very handsome man. But the shape of his face has changed quite a yeah. lot. And yeah. he's got more character, should we say. Um, I nearly <laughs> have more character on my face than he does now. But... Um, the form of it is good, but yeah, I think it's when it's in, it'll probably come up a lot when it's in movement, is when you're like, oh. Yeah, I, I, totally. Um, oh, okay, that was your example for that was your good example, Chris, right? <laughs> That's my good one. We just ripped that apart. Um, Jared, what, what, what have you got, man? What have I got? Um, I've got one that's like, so I was looking at a few lists of it last night, one that is. Cited as being one of the worst ones, but like when I was watching it last night, just particularly um, Patrick Stewart in The Last Stand. Oh no! Oh no! What did you do? No, because <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, Kellen like looked weird, weird, but Patrick Stewart, is there a picture of it? Because he, he, they did it in um, Wolverine Origins. It's not mm-hmm. on this fucking article. Uh, Sorry, I'm very free with my cursing in this. I'm, I'm assuming that's oh, true. Go, go Listen, uh, um, this is sorry specifically. You're talking about having the last stand as the good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe surprisingly good example because right. it's, it's always often cited as uh-huh. being the, one of the worst. But I was watching it last night. I was like, it's it's not bad. Like it's like I guess we've we've an idea. We've more so than a lot of actors. Well, Patrick Stewart. We've, we've all seen him in Next Generation. That's probably the age they were putting them at. Um, in that, but I was just watching it last night. And I was like, you know, it's not. I think X Men you know, Origins doesn't look great. Yeah, do you know something that I was going to say? Like, right, this isn't great. The Patrick Stewart went in last time, but it's miles ahead of X Men Origins. Patrick Stewart, that is horrific. That image, that is really quite creepy. I think, um, because like he he does look like a kind of newborn baby, um, uh, which is really disturbing. Um, I'll throw that in the chat there, just so you can see. Like, unless what I'm looking at here is. The image without, um, without the effects on, but like that looks uh, grand. Um, see it? No, I guess we have to see what he looked like exactly. Around I, the time I, think, last time. I think that's different, George, for what what it actually was. I think this is the, the real one here, which this will be flashed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That looks okay. Even like 
right. But I will say, I will argue, even that, right, which isn't great, it's still better than X Men Origins version. Yeah, X Men Origins is weird, like, but I don't think that's better. that bad. It's also better than the Ian McKellen Magneto de Agent. Yeah, yeah that's that, that looks weird. That, yeah, looks, looks, that looks really bad. That's yeah, that's bizarre. Um, Especially when yeah. you think two beside it. Like, look at him. Like, Patrick Stewart <laughs> there. I don't yeah. think, I really don't think that's that bad. Like, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, compared to this, um, it's, it's great. Like, what is that? That was <laughs> that's, like. That's alien, man. It's like, <laughs> like, 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 so odd. Nice. Yeah. I, I Like, which. Last and that's after that came after last and so I think yes. even um but so did the claws and they also shit and and like <laughs> and, uh, origins. origins yeah they yeah. Like, again you're you've based most of your films on Wolverine oh, sorry we were talking about this before the we started recording if there's something popular make sure you do the next one right don't <laughs> yeah, be talking exactly. about like I don't I don't see how they let things like that happen um, right um. Oh, I, I was just going to say, is, is it, it's possibly just because different crews, man, but like that's one thing I've always wanted. Like, see animation studios, I've noticed that they keep the same people on. Like, I yeah. see from the Spider Man, um, I know people, like, it was, like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the Spider Man Multiverse cartoon thing. Like, they were. And, and the Multiverse. Miller and Lord. Not Enter the Multiverse, that one. Yeah, yeah. Directed and, by Miller and Lord. Yeah, yeah. Aye, directed by him, man. So it's. They're keeping the same studio because I think sometimes they gate take other animators or other people. Yeah. There was something to do with that, which is thank God because if they're going to make a brilliant animated movie, keep them. But I can totally see you can see there's different. Maybe the guys do it cheaper. And then Although, you can see it. Like in terms of spy, excuse me. In terms of the Spider Verse, if you can't get the team that did it in that first movie, go to Insomniac because in oh. the Miles Morales game. That's a downloadable skin, and it's got the same animation. Oh it's yeah, about. it's got the. It's got the electricity and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You play as Miles, but I'm saying like it's got that skin. But not only do you look like Spider Verse, it moves like Spider Verse as well. The frame rate. Yeah. Covers the frame rate. It's really oh, clever. And you, yeah, it's really? not. I don't know how they so managed apparently. it, and and you know, and Spider Man PS4 engine, but they did. So yeah, there you go. If you can't get that team, they did it just as good. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd have to be able to get a PS5. Which... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. That's the hardest part. I, I finally have a job again, and I'm like, oh, I can maybe... Well, no, I can't buy one. <laughs> still can't, no. Yeah, it's still there. I was, I was saying to my friend who's out of the computers at all, he's like, how is that possible? Like, and I guess it's... Oh, like, I said to my nephew, is like COVID maybe slowed stuff down? COVID but, does slow stuff down. This is a sidetrack, but yeah, there was chips that were coming from Japan and places, and oh, you okay. get them across. And it is an awkward effect to that, but it is also, I think... I don't know. It's as if they didn't like expect the demand, but now that they they've obviously known about the demand for a long time, it's like you yeah. still haven't really done anything about it. Yeah, and that's like, the weird part. It's like there's money lying in the table here. There's people that literally throw hundreds of millions of dollars at you to buy one of these, and yeah. you're not making them. But it's just weird that they're leaving all that. Well, I don't know. They did say recently that we'll make more chips and buy Christmas, so it'll be easier, and you'll be able to just go to Amazon and buy one and blah blah blah. But whether that will actually happen, I guess. We'll yeah. See. Mm. Hopefully now for Christmas. Anyway, um, yes. Anything else to say about the X-Men ones? Just the ropey? Because like, I think that's what's kind of covered the last stand and, and Origins. Did they do it elsewhere? Oh, right. well. well I'm, going to throw, I'm going to lead yeah. on to a good example. Um, 
And you guys can keep me right here because I'm not 100% how much of this was CGI and how much of it was actually just prosthetics. But see in Logan when he has the clone. Ooh. The clone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just aged up Hugh Jackman to play Logan and aged him down to play the clone. That's oh. so very clever. But after CGI the aging going on there, then it's pretty, you know, great. It's pretty perfect. Wasn't there like CGI, they like not de-aging, uh, but like reshoots in that? I'm pretty sure there's like I've seen it, footage of like scenes in the car where it's like it isn't Hugh Jackman; it's a stand-in, and they just fucking okay. We're shit, make this you're, Hugh Jackman. you're absolutely right. I've seen right that too. Eye. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is. That's, corridor that's, crew guys, is it? They do videos on it. Yeah, I think so. And it's yeah, like the de-aging. Yeah, no, sorry, that's a deepfake technology they use, right? That they used. I'm not fully sure that maybe, anyway. but like I'm pretty sure I've seen like images yes. of like it's not even New Jackman, it's just they've yeah, a stand yeah, that, in. That, that, and they probably would have used that stand in for X twenty four. Yes. Two. Yes. Yes. Um, that's probably that's exactly what it did. So then yes, it is I guess it is facial CGI, that counts. Um therefore I'd say that's one of the best examples I've seen. Especially yeah. for some that's now a few years old, it still looks great. And if it's in short scenes, then I guess if it's at night like that's from the the but, very small bit of research I did last night. If it's in uh, short scenes and at night, uh-huh. at night time seems to help a lot. I think it helps with CGI in general. But then again, the next day when they, they fight in the forest and spoilers, Hugh Jackman gets killed. Um, that's all in broad daylight. Yeah, well, I I, I kind of more meant the X twenty four to de age him. He's not. You don't really see him during the day, do you? Yeah, yeah, the following day when he's trying to get the kids across the border and he comes back in the fight. And then he oh, the yeah, sorry, I thought he was gone by then. It's, uh, I thought they've dealt with him the night before, but he, yeah, he, he was back, he, yeah. He, he, I only watched that replay, I should know that. Yeah, there you go. I've, 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 I've put a photo in the actual chat. Like, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I love Logan, so I don't, I don't think it's, I can't say anything bad about it. But like, you can clearly see, but you're only going to see that for like a little second, do you know what I mean? You can kind of yeah. see that kind of looks... And he's the facial hair, which maybe he didn't have, uh, like that covers up a lot of it, and there he's uh, missing the chunk of his head. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the whole part of the head you're going to have to work on. <laughs> to be fair, the, the, the biggest, the most odd-looking thing about that photo is the wind on his head, like the rest of the actual face is it's pretty fine, good. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny, like when you're seeing things in short clips... You'll let a lot go. Like, yeah. I even find with the like, there's only so much you can take in when you're watching something. I even find with like what I what I really like about watching the MCU films, like just being a comics nerd is like when you go back over it, there's so many little bits of action beats that you might miss on a first watch, like just very slight hand movements or little things that they do in the middle of a fight. So something like that, like CGI, it can be a bit ropey for a second because. It's only really the nerds like us who go back and rewatch the films multiple times. They're like, "Ah, oh, you fucking didn't do that right." Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, the average person doesn't notice everything. No, it's but like, like I think that's something to do with movies that you really enjoy. Like, see, like if you really enjoy films like Logan and stuff like that, a little slip like that, I don't. It goes in. It goes in my mind like, okay, I'll let that go. You know, yeah, you yeah. Know, that down. It's like ah, uh, the movie's fantastic. Fuck it, you know. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. You, you get, yeah, you, you get, get you definitely get them a certain amount of say a leeway. Yeah, yeah,
they will change the story at the expense of the CGI. So they'll change something like pretty quick. Like, no, we actually want this to happen. And it puts the VFX artists under a lot of pressure. So yeah. like Black Panther, like that's one of the, my biggest issues with that film is the two fights, that the two physical fights, the challenge for the king fights that are, you know, they're not in their suits or anything. Yeah. They had me gasping with, and like you know, like oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But then when at the end it's just this ropey CGI, like yep, that's yep. when it goes when it crosses that level where it's like it's not even. Enjoyable to watch. on a website where I can I see all this shit, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agreed. Um, there's there's some there's always some grit lost. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how kind of far back you go. Like that's also for me. Also, the Matrix films are coming out soon. Um, and that's kind of funnily enough. The Matrix is kind of what made me come up with this. I was rewatching the Matrix trailer, and was that scene where Neo's face his face changes in the mirror to like the old man, and I thought that doesn't want to. Um, and that's kind of what, what put me on this topic. I was asking like, a different. Um, so I, the Matrix, I'd say that's one of the biggest difference between that first movie and the sequels. Um, in the first Matrix, that fight in the subway, even though maybe a fair amount of it is CGI, it feels real. The punches feel like the land. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. kind of brutal and gritty. The second one where he's fighting all the Mr. Smiths and it's yeah, like a year two again, it's up. so robbery and bouncy and there's no impact to it. It's so, I don't know, yeah. it's too, it's not tight enough, it's too wishy-washy and I don't know, it just feels, it feels like a video game, which I guess you can kind of say, well, the Matrix has a simulation, so. Yeah, you can kind of yeah, yeah. But then it's like, well, why did the first one feel you know, as grounded and as kind of rough and yeah. that, that fight is how we'd be throwing each other through walls. It, it fucking feels like there's a guy throwing a guy through a wall. You're like, ah, yeah. Whereas the second one, it just starts to feel a bit more detached, a bit more. And there's even in the first one, like, there's bits where I think there's, I can't remember, is it Mr. Smith or Neo? There's a certain point where Mr. Smith is punching Neo in such a way that before he gives into his, like, oh shit, I'm Neo, I can do whatever. You you feel like he's got internal damage, like, and yes. he even has like spittles of blood. Yes, he does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's the other way to it. Yeah, I think yeah, CGI. Maybe this is like we're getting to like a wrap up, but um, use sparingly. Like, I honestly think, and like, I don't even think people come fight back on me on this that much, but I honestly think Terminator Two is one of the best films ever made oh, for yeah. what it is, like. You could say, oh, well, it's not, you know, it's not the acting, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a perfect storm of, like, Arnie only having certain acting abilities. But the CGI, they only had a certain, like, they could only do so much then. But, like, all that, a lot of that stuff is a mixture of practical and, you know, very minimal stuff. It holds up really well. And they brought in, for the Terminator 2 liquid effects, like, when it's turning into things, they brought in the guy for the thing, the makeup and the thing, to kind of design wow. the shape it and stuff which I, oh, I can yeah. totally kind of see the, the you know the influence and they've lots um, of like puppetry kind of work yes yeah exactly like. see, see the part i always thought the part where robert patrick gets the shotgun on his side and he's like he's like, <laughs> he's like that, i always thought that was you know like cgi or something that's a real that's a mannequin that's yeah. a real practical oh, thing that they that built bit. yeah that's real like the face and everything like the whole there's no digital effects on that that is you know, I'm, that's a puppet that they built, which is I incredible. He actually had control part. over his own molecules, yeah. For that t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as actually Robert Patrick's a method actor. Just blew my cold aside and painted it silver. Um, <laughs> no, but... Um, so, I think our... Is that ours back to Chrissy? Have you got anything else? I, I've got one that I kind of like. It's like... Um, I think it was in, it was in Ant-Man. Right. And um, it was Hank Pym. 
right oh now, yeah back in the future like uh, back to the future <laughs> back in the past <laughs> like i do want to punch that guy like it's something it's something you can see him you can see he's like a 70 year old man <laughs> from a distance and he's like walking 70 year olds and he's got like a 30 year old face you're know, like oh yeah i think that's good though but you can kind of see as he's an old guy but right it's good for I, I, I would like, say so in in ant-man at the start of the first ant-man when you see him as a young man be a young pardon me a young Howard stark and mm-hmm. piggy carter's there and stuff um i think that scene looks great i remember coming out of the cinema after seeing that and thinking that's the best i've done it so far that's the yeah. best i've seen de-aging wise so far but i was a bit let down in endgame when they go back to young hank pym and he gets that oh they did again yeah and he runs out the lab, and that looks really that fast. Looks, and I'm like, how does that look so much worse than than the last time? Like, There's a lot of movement though in that one. Like, I was thinking that's that maybe what it is. And that man, he just kind of does he punch Howard in the face? I feel like he punches Howard, and he kind of shouts about the hair looks um, weird. Whereas in, in Civil War, in yeah, it's more like he gets the phone call, he's speaking, and then you see him running exactly. in the corridor. It just yeah. looks off. Like, yeah, I can actually, just from Googling here, I can see like both of them side by side, and uh, that man looks way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird how it's going kind of to And that's like the biggest movie of them all, Endgame. Yeah, the exactly. That's the time where you're like, yeah. don't drop the ball because everybody's <laughs> seen this one. Everybody's saw Ant Man. So. so, what's that thing where. Uh, just like about a kind of like well it's more of an editing fuck up but um scott pym not scott pym scott lang and uh-huh. hope and dine or oh jesus yeah, ant-man yeah. and the wasp are in the bus and then it just kind of cuts to ant-man pushing one of the big whale things back into yeah, a and then you, like, yeah hold yeah. on i just pop out for a second <laughs> <laughs> not cgi but when it gets it is technically cgi but it's also it's more of an editing fuck up However, the Marvel say, well, that I have noticed that's been pointed out to me before, but as Chris was saying earlier, it's endgame, I forgive it. It's fine. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, cat mode and They got so much right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think maybe with the solo films that I've talked about it in most of my the reviews I've done is like they're under a time constraint that they maybe weren't with say like with the Raimi films, even though the third film was a big mess of stuff. Yeah. But they're I think they're with the Generally, with the MCU films, they're under a serious time constraint to get them out. They don't have like, oh, we'll have, you know, we'll just push it back a couple of months. Obviously, yeah. with the pandemic now, but I think that just like with the MCU, I'm like, okay, not to go too with, too much with Scorsese. It's a different type of cinema. It's going to be a little bit more rough and ready in places. Mm-hmm. Like they have great stuff, but I, I, that's why I kind of forgive the times when they kind of have like missteps like that. Yeah. And Endgame didn't really have much, like, in fairness to it. Endgame, no. just, I, it's a real bang of quality when you're fucking watching it, like, or whiff of quality. Um, do you have a second example, James? Do I have a second example? If you don't, I can get <laughs> right, right, through these all these different tabs I've opened. Um, we have top of my head, well, it's not, I'm maybe not thinking of good examples. But uh, I think it was the first time we'd really seen it. And that's just something else I'm not thinking of. Um, uh, Tron. Right. The, the, the sure. Jeff Bridges Tron. Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. I think it came at a time when we hadn't really seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was watching something last night and there was some, right, it was on in the background, there was some film with Humphrey, they tried to do Humphrey Bogart that John Lickgo was in. I don't know what film it was. Right. 
it's like shown in a reflection. I, 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 it just came up in a compilation. But yeah, Tron, I think for our generation, it was probably the first time we'd seen it. I'm sure there's other examples, but I can't think of them. But that That's was first, like what a, a lot of people, example, I'd say, like blockbuster example. Yeah, I think in in recent times, I think there maybe had been some little goes of it. Yeah, but like you know, a lot of people, it's, it's easy to look back in an angle like, oh, it's kind of PS2 graphics, but it's kind of like thinking back to when I've seen that in the cinema, it's the same kind of vibe as when you're watching them now. You're like, you're watching it, you're like, it kind of works, but it doesn't. I, I, I agree with your kind of opinion there. I think. I don't actually remember seeing it at the time. I didn't go and see Tron Legacy, but I seen it, I guess, on DVD because it would have been that year. I used to watch DVDs before streaming, um, and I never watched it and going, "I this this is cool. This is." I, I was into it. I was like, "I like this." Um, it's only now, I think, in hindsight, as you're saying, George, you look back now and you're like, "Oh, it looks kind of rubbery, cartoony." But yeah. at the time, I was. I think it's because we hadn't seen it. I was like, "Oh, this is." fascinating i just kind of yeah it's it kind of like doesn't really look believable like, but like what again that's another digital world why do yeah. we you know let's do this <laughs> um, is, 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 is tron uh, made by disney it is there's yeah. some Disney's the first one wasn't that thick like they've got bad bad delorean <laughs> if you took that tron it kind of looks like they're fucking luke skywalker like it's kind of the same yeah but like that's i think that's the show that like also i think Marvel are leading us. They've done. They've the best examples of it oh, all around, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. still Disney. Like so, there's different departments then. Like, oh, like totally. I was saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Teams yeah, yeah. As, uh, it, even when you look at, um, I remember I was watching One Division, and I saw the fucking Irish harp at the end of it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't shoot any of that here, and I just I asked, and I'm kind of, I'm. I guess a failed filmmaker, so I'm sitting in like filmmaking groups in Ireland, and I just asked. I was like, "What's this about?" And someone who was more in the know was like, "Yeah, it's like companies in Ireland do effects on it, and then if you look at any other Marvel production, it changes all the time." So like, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not sure if I've seen the Ar- Irish film board symbol come up, but it's always like Quebec, Atlanta, like it changes with every film. Yeah, but they obviously have people who they return to now. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I think. Where we are now, it's you still get fucking shocking ones. Like I'm trying to think. Well, another not to another, get other examples, but we still get shit ones now. So like, yeah. looking back at Tron, I'm like, ah, yeah, fuck it. You know, yeah. someone has to yeah, walk through the door first. Like another another Disney example um, was the Captain Jack one and uh, the last Pirates Caribbean film. Oh was yeah, weird a, as well. Weird, weird and was, smooth. That was weird. weird. That fresh was out weird. of the fresh out of the cloning tube. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they're all there. They're all just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's odd. Um, but the, but uh, we can go into the, the Captain Jack one. But to be honest, I think one of the kind of more blatant examples that was more kind of dialogue worthy, I think, was the Irishman with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, um, so when I when the Irishman came out, right, I was I was buzzing for. It. I was super excited. I'm a Mascar City fan, and you've got. You've got three of the greatest actors ever in the same film. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Pesci and De Niro and Pacino. Um, and I remember watching it the first time, and I, I remember just before it came out, there was talk of the CGI DJ and stuff, and there was a lot of, I don't know, this, is, eh, this isn't great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, oh, which film was he? And I watched the movie, and the first time I watched the movie, I didn't, it didn't bother me. It didn't affect me at all. I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. I've enjoyed it. Um, the only kind of time I noticed that specifically there was a point where De Niro was beating somebody in the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and it looks like a man no. in his seventies kicking. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like, and, and they're like, "Cab down, kids!" And it's like, "Mate, he's at least forty-eight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Calm down, kids. Anymore. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just he's maybe like in his twenties, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Um, but something else I was thinking, though, I also went back and there was a anniversary of Goodfellas, and they were showing it in mm-hmm. cinema, so I went back to see that. I seen that movie. Pesci and De Niro are supposed to be the same age. Like, I never realised that until very recently because they get introduced as kids at the same age and then you skip to, like, five years later and you've got Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci and you're like, he could be his dad. Like, <laughs> you're really yeah. supposed to be the same age. So I think this is just something that Scorsese doesn't really, probably doesn't really care about in his films. It's yeah. more about the story he's telling, like, the actual way the character looks in terms of ages and stuff. It's kind of like, well, that's, that's technicality. That said, The Irishman was one of the first examples where I've seen it done amateurly by a deep faker on the internet and done much better. Um, I remember that YouTube video specifically. I can't remember if I find it, I'll link it below. But it was it was something that recreated that. So a few of the sequences specifically, I think the sequence where he's sitting in the restaurant, talk to Joe Pesci. And um, yeah, the, the, the amateur version is so much better than, than the Netflix version, the official version. Um, That's like, so, like, see when you think about it, The Irishman is a three-hour movie. And that's basically the whole movie is all that CG. How well, expensive that fucking movie would have been. And well, the, the, the interesting thing as well, right, is this was pioneering in the sense that it would it required very little of the actor. Because mm-hmm. I think Scorsese knew he's working with three kind of older, gentlemen. older, mature, experienced <laughs> actors. They're not going to want to put on, they're in their 70s, they're not going to put on, want to, want to put on a big headset with lights and cameras putting in their face. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. If you've watched the behind the scenes, it's literally like five dots on their face. So there's like one on the forehead, one on their nose, one on their chin, and one on either cheek. Um, and it's obviously like kind of like the, the, the points, the focus points in the face. Um, and literally, like Joe Pesci's sitting, and that's always got on his face, you know, old man Joe Pesci that he is. He's in his, I think he's the oldest, I think he's 80. Um, so he's talking away, and then it shows you the Cantonese version, and you're like, oh, okay. With that little kind of, you know, on the face, I guess that's impressive that you were able to achieve. You know that effect, and I think that is pushing the boundary. That's pioneering. It's better. Actors can often express better if they're not having to wear a big headset thing. Um, however, that said, if a guy done it in his house, and a and a you know edit software, then why couldn't you guys do that in the studio? Like he didn't, yeah. he didn't bring Joe Pesci in and put a headset on. Him. Like he he worked from what you guys already put out. So can therefore, you could have tweaked it more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Get him set down. You're putting on a whole suit. What are you doing? Come on! You know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. What I also think it could lead to, um, I've heard before, like Nolan North, um, just talk about like voice actors, and also they have to do all the facial capture out. Try making Nolan North talks about Ashley Johnson. Um, Nolan North has done stand-in voiceover for Christopher Walken before because he does such a good Christopher Walken impression. If you've not heard that, <coughs> in films that Walken's in. And film that Walken's in. If like Walken reshoots does, kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, just, just the dubbing. If Radio Walken does, yeah, yeah. Walken does a scene and certainly are picked up and whatever and he's he's busy doing something else, they'll phone Nolan North. That's fucking um, yeah. And he, wow. he, he does the dubbing. So a lot of the time in movies when you're watching Chris Walken, you're actually hearing Nolan North's impression. Um, that is crazy. I, like, I, I could imagine if it's a film that he was linked to and they couldn't get him back for the sequel or something. Sure, like, you know, yeah, like yeah. the newest Red Skull. yeah. Um, so have you, got, have you got like a, a particular one? Is it like Seven Psychopaths? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I think it's kind of been everything since. 
in the last 10 years, 15 Man, years. Fucking That's amazing. Um, you can find no enough talking about it in interviews and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And it also leads me to wonder, will we eventually, if we've got voice doubles, but we eventually have CGI doubles? Like, if if an actor like Daniel doesn't want to put on a big dumb rig, get a standard in and put it on him. Do you know what I mean? I, I wonder if we're going to get to that stage where it's like, almost like you're playing an actor playing a character. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We've got oh, this many yeah. Tropic Thunder. I'm a dude oh, really disguised as a dude playing another dude. Like, dude. It, gets, it gets very kind of Tropic <laughs> yeah. Thunder. It's, yeah. I don't know. It'll be it's like it's... avatars and games. You'll be the guy who's scanned in, and then you just put on that skin. Well, that's, well, that's the next like... question. This is this is where we can, I think we're all leading to. Um, and this was my very first thought when I first seen Tron Legacy um, with Jeff Bridges. What happens once an actor dies, and how long is it? morally okay to keep them alive in movies because we're talking about movies here on tv but there's a lot of examples of like adverts where like they brought bruce lee back for like chewing gum or was it no it was japanese yeah. whiskey japanese whiskey Whoa. was when and was it this? looks a couple of years ago and oh that happens a lot it was like coke or something yeah, that's even the thing it was like i guess there's a stage signed off on it yeah, um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's not just then, it's been done, Steve McQueen, and it's been done with Marilyn Monroe, and it's been oh, done with you know, your kind of classic brown, Short brown haired woman. Hey, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, yeah, they did it with her recently, and was that not a Maltese advert or some shit? Like, you're like, this is. Yeah, it's always kind of odd stuff to bring them back to do it for. I'm pretty um, sure one of them was Coke, and like one of them was like just kind of some fucking confectionery or something. I, like. I, well, I'm sure the Audrey Hepburn one was a chocolate, anyway, maybe in Revels or. Yeah. Or something, but yeah. oh, that's, that's, that's a bit too far for advertising purposes. That's really well, that's, that, that, that is the question, isn't it? It's like, well, where do you draw the line? Where do you... Uh, where's the moral and then, code? what about... <laughs> I, I recently... We'll get into the Sopranos movie that I've seen recently, Many Sits in New York, because I've wrote a review for that. Oh, it's out? Yeah, it's out. Oh, uh, it's okay. in the cinema. It's not out in streaming yet, but it's out in the cinema. Okay. It's out in streaming on the first, so a couple of days. Um, yes, so in that movie, obviously, Tony Soprano's son plays a young version of the character which is fine, but it did make me wonder, well, what if eventually they want to do a Soprano sequel? Could they then have the son play his dad and CGI him to be older son at Tony Soprano? And how would that feel? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that okay? It's just it's a weird yeah. thought. When you start thinking about it, you start with this kind of existential questions. You're like, this is getting nuts. In, like, <laughs> in that case, I don't think they'd have to, because it was kind of like, even just kind of talk, like just something about the Irishman that I told him, when they de-age a character, they're not really able to exactly recreate how that actor looked when they were young. They're kind of making a younger version of that character. Right, you know yes. What I mean? So yes. it's not going to match up exactly. And then with a case like that with um, Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah. He looks so much like his dad. Like, and I didn't think, he, like, when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, he kind of looks like him. Uh -huh. But them first fucking pictures from the set, and he just has that look on him. And you're like, yeah, he is his father's son. Like, I don't think it's necessary at all to do that. They can no, do that with makeup. No, but I'm talking about if they were to do a flash forward or time jump. Do you know what I mean? Like a significant oh, time from jump. now. Yes, before uh, like, he's aged up. Like, well, there, there are this this movie takes you up to when Tony's about nineteen twenty. So they are talking about doing a movie of Tony in his twenties and kind of actually becoming important and and the mob and rising his way up and all the rest of it so yeah they're, they're talking about that um as a sequel but i'm just wondering if they make that movie and then what if they want to flash forward to when tony's 60 70 how oh, that would be so strange imagine playing your own dad right your dad's your dad's passed away imagine playing an age that he never got to 
that would be nah, surreal. That would be really yeah. weird, right? Like, me kind of chills. I think he. I think it could be done though. Like he uh, might totally. I'm, I'm sure it could, but I don't know. It's just odd to think about. It's kind of like passing the torch in the end. In the last. The last Sorry, did, did Tony not get killed in the in the sandwich bar? No, no one knows. It, it cut to well, mid sentence. It's up to your imagination, but yes, totally <laughs> set it up that he's dead. I think I think David Chase had a wee bit of slip of the tongue during an interview where he confirmed it either way. I can't remember yeah, what he said, yeah. but there is an interview out there where he says something about when Tony died or when Tony... Something that he, and he was like, oh shit, you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they say, like, in the last season, like, obviously it's not, it doesn't mean it's fact, but they... I get... Um, they literally say it's like... like they, can, they set it up in the story of the world. Him and Bobby, I think, are talking... And they're like, when you die, I think it just everything just goes black. So it might like I can't like, arguably that's just what the character said, but it's a story. It's written that way. Yeah, I can't see it any other way. Uh, Maybe but, not, but but at the same time, I'm still not happy with *Dinner Sopranos*. So see if they would like to go back and do a Dexter to it. <laughs> I'd be fine with that <laughs> because I did it with Dexter. So oh shit, the power cut. <laughs> okay. the power's back on. Like, oh, yeah, that's oh, it's lovely. <laughs> um, I think yeah, it could be actually really interesting. I, I, I could see him doing sequels until he gets to Tony, like maybe his yeah. age when yeah. he gets married and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, they can bring it. Like, geez, I'd fucking happily watch another season. Well, the only thing is, once David Ch- like touch wood or touch whatever this <laughs> imitation <laughs> wood thing is, my laptop is on. Um, once. David Chase is gone. I think that's when you kind of separate from yeah. it too much. And when he's pretty old goes. now, too. Well, David Chase didn't direct uh, Menaces in New York, but that was due to personal issues, I think, of the family thing. Um, I think he wrote it, but yeah. Alan Taylor, who did direct some of The Sopranos, he stepped in to direct the movie. So. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and he was on, uh, he was Mark Marin, who I'm a fucking massive fan of, interviewed him. And I think, I haven't listened to the interview, but. Someone who wanted, like, a Mark Marin fan group was saying that David Chase said during the interview that he wasn't feeling great. Like, he he said himself he wasn't feeling up to doing press. Right. So, like, yeah, he, unfortunately, he had some issues. Um, um, but, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say, they've got about seven series. Is it seven sets of series? Is this so they've got all that material yeah. just to work with. So it's like everything's there. Like, if they wanted to do a sequel. Um, yeah. I they can definitely think, build it up, like do a trilogy of films, like fuck it, yeah, I definitely. That is, like, obviously, we're in the age of like remakes um, in terms of movies, but um, I think on TV we're more in the age of like epilogues and prologues because you had like El Camino for Breaking Bad, you had This Sopranos. Pre- oh yeah, I've never seen you that. You had um, Better Call Saul. They're doing it with The Walking Dead. They went back to to before that oh, happened. Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we we are in that kind of era for. For, for kind of adding on, Dexter obviously is having its kind of return. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, there's, there's precedent for it. It's I can see it, like it's money on the table for HBO. So in twenty years, like I remember a friend of mine was saying, which like to some people, like oh that's fucking hyperbole, but like or hyperbole or whatever the fuck that word is. <laughs> um, someone was like, Sopranos is the Shakespeare of our time, and I was like. I don't know, there's so many different forms of art now, like, and even if you think, like, will people really be looking at Sopranos in fucking 100 years? You know, that's a, that's a very big judgment to make. But at the same time, there's so much fucking to Sopranos. There's, like, 
you know, I, I honestly feel for me, top shows ever, like The Wire, I see how you could argue The Wire, but as a yep. personal choice, I think Sopranos, even though the characters are all fucking horrible and most of the characters are horrible and think, I think me, it's just personally, Sopranos captures more. It's, it's realistic, it's cinematic, but it also has a certain warmth to it, mm. even with these horrible characters that like, it just captures the like, and again, I'm going to do it again, the human condition so well. <laughs> That um, I think it is something that like you just like I went I, I I was hoping to rewatch it all before it came out. Me too. And uh, I, I didn't came out. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm like, it, so. okay, I'm not gonna get fucking through it all. It's great, but it's that just said, so good. But that said, after watching it, I, I do want to go back and rewatch it again. Like after watching, maybe I'm right in the mood to watch it. But you need to remember the first couple of seasons. You get the black bars on the other side of your screen, uh, and that's always a struggle to go back to older shows. Always Sunny Philadelphia is the same. You go back to the start of that, and the first season, you're so. like, oh, this is... Until it goes widescreen, it bothers me. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the good thing, connected to Jared's thing, though, the reason that it's so good is because it's the romanticises the fucking criminal thing. He's a human guy. He's going to therapy. He's fucking having panic attacks. He doesn't know what's going on. He's yeah. like too deep, and you're, like, you're, you connect to him in a weird way. You're like, fuck oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, the, the movie monster. helps with that as well, but we'll get yeah. we'll get to the movie review before we move on. Uh, for, we're still in. So was a big Sopranos joke. Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before we jump on, I just want to hit on Star Wars. Let's just do Star Wars. Let's go. Let's whack it. Whack it in the back. Right. Why well, just hit you with a few of them? You can just tell me a year or nay. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One. Let's start with him. Oh, it's a. I would say yeah. It's a I no from it's a no from me, dog. Oh, um, Simon. Do you want to know what pissed me off so much about about Tarkin? There you go. I, I, I love that character. I love Peter Cushion. I think the fact they brought him back was really cool. I like the actor that's playing him, who looks exactly like off of my head. But that will I'll get to that right. <laughs> uh, that's what pissed me off, right? So right, so Admiral Gwynn, right? Great, great movie, phenomenal Star Wars movie, one of my favorites. You get this shot of a reflection. Of, of what is clearly Grand Moff Targon. It's this kind of big, intimidating guy in the grey suit with the grey hair. You see him from the back and you see his face in this reflected window. And it looks great. And you get chills. You're like, oh my God, they've brought Targon back. This is awesome. This is so good. I was buzzing, mate, when they done that. And then he turns around and you see weird PS3. Weird smooth. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's the key. Man. He's like, so. He, that's the thing, right? Tarkin isn't. I wouldn't say Tarkin's smooth because he is, obviously, he's an older gentleman. But <laughs> the the wrinkles are shiny, which is weird. Like, it's not like. They're not matte enough. They're too glossy. Yeah. Um, like, I wouldn't say smooth because they have put in, like, wrinkles and stuff, but they're too shiny. It just looks bizarre. I don't know why um, they use that actor. I guess because they need someone who can act too, but he doesn't look anything like the other was guy. It, was, it, was it not like, was he not actually a Tarkin in the third one? Like so, he, he walked up. Yeah, I think he was in, I think he was in. Uh, in the Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Um, well, see, my argument, after that point where he turned around, right, and I came out of cinema, I was like, why <laughs> didn't you just use, because I, I, I know the actor that played him, and I was like, he looks enough like Peter Cushion that you could just stick out a makeup on him, and it would have been so much better. The guy the guy who was in Harry Potter? Is, is uh, that what you mean? Yeah, hold on, I'll, I'll see if I'm I'm just seeing like here, heading the Harry Potter actor behind. Uh, I think he's Welsh, I want to say. Um, he's a kind of similar head shape, but like I don't think he looks like him at all. Oh, I think he's uh, extremely like him. He's thing is more um, fucking gaunt, cheekbones, and his nose uh, is down more. 
I guess the jaw. For me, I can see the head shape all right, but when you actually get into specifics of the face, but I guess that's the thing they're going to be changing. Um, oh, that show, I won't get the guy's name. Um, I think it's it's one of the. Oh, it, it goes into that category as well. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You can see the posters behind me. I've loved their series, so it's like he's quite of a. It's kind of like a, just a moment that I'm like, I'm fine with it. You know, like he's yeah. he's good enough. But I I did see like a deep fake of it, and it was ten times better than the actual. Yeah. So I'm like, why Disney? Why are you making things cheap? Like shit. Even those corridor crew guys have done like versions of like any the you know the French recreate things, but like, can they not use like a mixture of deepfake and CGI? Guy Henry, I finally found his name. Guy Henry. Guy Henry. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, so you're talking, and like I said, I, I personally I'd rather just seen Guy Henry with makeup on. But let's get to Leah, who appeared at the end of that movie briefly. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. that was terrible. Now, uh, that was right. Bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take devil's advocate. I thought it was alright. Oh, that's oh, better so, than Tarkin though. Well, when I came out the film, I thought Tarkin was weird, but Leah looked alright. That, that was in comparison. I felt better. And then I went on to Facebook and Twitter, and I seen everybody bashing the Carrie, <laughs> the Carrie Fisher the one, Carrie and Fisher saying one. that the Wolf Tarkin one was better. And I read all the articles about how yeah, they had to do Carrie Fisher, but they spent so much more time, and the technology was better on Tarkin. And I'm like. Really? I think it looked worse. And I think that kind of shows you that these things are quite subjective, I think. Because it's a human face, it is quite subjective, I think, of how how you see it. Um, I, I I think the Leia one... I don't know if it's just because she's only got the one line and it's a really brief scene. Um, she's standing still. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It was just... It was, it was much better. Um, yeah. In my opinion. But as I said, I know that I'm a minority on that. I don't I think... When we get like a what's the fucking Malcolm Doctor Malcolm line, they were so concerned whether they could, they didn't ask to stop and ask whether they should. I think at a certain point, fucking actors like it, a lot of people. It's funny say Sebastian Stan would make a great stand-in for um, oh, yeah, yeah, Mark Hamill, but like he's like I'm like twice his age when he was in the Star Wars films. <laughs> I wonder if he ever was. It's fine. But then we have like say you know give it like ten years. Probably not even, uh, but Eleven from Stranger Things. She'd make a great um, Princess Leia. Just, you know, like, people can take it. Okay, it's a different actor. We don't need this ropey looking. Oh, yeah, I'm starting to think more like, we don't fucking need, like, just get an actor who looks roughly well. You know, they exist. There's plenty of actors out there. Um, Like, it's funny. What I often think with this stuff, the, the idea of having, like, just a fully CGI version of, the actor i'd say we probably will get that that'll probably be a whole genre once technology is there but like 2000 ad like marvel comics and dc comics do too like um marvel for a particular artist i don't know if it's more than one artist but for a particular time there anytime norman osborne showed up he was i think it's just by one artist i can't think of the name of him but he did norman osborne was drawn to look like tommy lee jones for years, like it, and maybe it's just the one artist who kept doing it. But um, I remember a 2008 AD story where they basically just got a load of blockbuster actors, and it was like a space story. It was like a one shot issue, and it was like Will Smith, Bruce Willis, um, Demi Moore, and like you know the character. They're only it's one issue, but they all die off during it. I'm sure it will become a genre, yeah. like of 
oh, let's have Bruce Willis. Well, <laughs> they're they're doing that with him now. Yes, they are in an advert, right? Uh, yeah, it's, Is it for, it's for like Russian health insurance or something. And the article headline I seen was, he's finally done it. Bruce Willis has finally figured out how to make a million dollars without doing any work. <laughs> and it was just literally this company phoned his agent and was like, can we use his face? And they're like, yeah, a million dollars. And they're like, I ain't bother. That and that's it. That, that, that was a phone call, and you get paid a million dollars for for nothing. For not even you didn't even knew, didn't need to go to Russia. Didn't need to film anything. It was another actor that just CGI to say so. He he's been on that trajectory for a while. I he think has. was it Colin Farrell was in Tigerland with him, and I don't know if it was called like Colin Farrell on the Graham Norton show or something. Was saying or I don't know where exactly I heard it. Colin Farrell was like first day action against Bruce Willis. He's like, fuck it. You know, he's really psyching himself up for it. He has to go, man, I'm actually fucking Bruce Willis. If you're really trying this, like, Colin Farrell goes in, does his lines, gives it his fucking best, like, sweat coming off his brow and everything. <laughs> Bruce Willis is just looking at him dead in the eye when, it's, when the camera's turning around to him and he just goes, line! Someone <laughs> tells him his line and he just fucking, bah! Just out, like. And that's Tigerland, which was, like, 2000 or something. Yeah, like, yeah. So. Either yeah. that's that's one thing I've I've heard about Kevin Smith, like Kevin Smith working with Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's 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 not as as charming as you think. Like he's like from Die Hard, you're thinking, oh, he's going to be a great badass. He's a no, badass. and you're like, yeah. oh, come on, mate. Yeah, yeah. You're a fucking millionaire. <laughs> like, there, was, there was something there where, like, I think it was like an article came out that he refused to wear a mask somewhere, but yep. Yeah, I think his sure. daughter came out afterwards, or yeah, maybe sure. before that. He is supposed to have some like hearing issues, yeah, and like yeah. he might, it might not all just be he's an absolute prick. But <laughs> I don't know. Kevin, the way Kevin Smith relayed that story, he was, uh, he, did sound, he did sound quite prickish, like. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you don't know. You hear stories of people you don't know, and it's very yeah. easy to make judgments, like. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one last Star Wars one, I think that... I mean, there's a few more examples in Star Wars, but I think the one we need to focus on is Luke Skywalker and The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, we yeah. briefly mentioned uh, Sebastian Stan as a stand-in. Again, that example, you want to talk about deepfakes being better than the original. Um, a guy made a deepfake, and it looks night and day better than the original, and he's now been hired by Lucasfilm to come and work as an animator. On, no way! Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing that so, stuff. So, well, that's the thing. Like, really? give this, give this their due. They've seen that and they went, "Oh well, he's done it better than us." So let's get him. Like, fair yeah. enough. I. Um, if you can't beat them, join them. I guess. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. See, that, um, that's something legit. Like, I like see one thing when I was thinking about it. It's a you need to have this because the stories are going to continue. Mark Hamill's not might not be here for long. <laughs> oh, bless, bless his soul. But like, yeah, exactly. But it's like, yeah, like Sebastian Stan, I thought that was quite good, but, but you're right, he is about 40 when he's supposed to be 20. So it's like, okay. But they need to just replace the actors now with maybe lookalikes or something like that. Well, that's, there's a, big, there's a big question mark over the next Indiana Jones film. Um, there's rumours oh, yeah. that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in line to replace the character as the main elite. Um, is she well, going to be? Well, the DH Harrison Ford for this oh, one, probably, oh, since it's God, the end uh, thing to do right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. for a scene or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, I find that an interesting Didn't they do that for like in one of the earlier films or something? <sighs> oh, they did. They made them young. Was it only Crystal Skull when they made them younger at some point? 
Oh. The men have been I told that's Harrison Ford related, but I'll, I'll throw it in after. Oh, I can't remember. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy with, with everything we've kind of spoken about. I don't know if there's any other examples. I, a good example I'm going to throw out was that I think might be the best example is Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel. Um, I mean, that's a whole movie. Sam Jackson hasn't aged a great deal. He still looks, for his age, still looks like a younger man. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a big part of it. He's a handsome man. And again, again, there's certain points in that movie where and he goes, he, he bends down in one knee to pick up the cat, and then that's when you're like, oh, that's. There's some this action is. bits, yeah. This is the guy that's there. This is the guy that's pushing seventy. So there's some bits like that you can kind of see in his movement, but for the most part, it was immersive and it felt like a young Nick Fury. It felt. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of along the lines of like it doesn't exactly look like young Sam Jackson. It's a bit mm. different, but it's a younger version of the character. Yeah, and I think oh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't stick out as badly as the. I think it's either it's, from talking here. I'm like they either need to get good body, more use of like physical stand-ins. I, I think uh, I think it's probably one of the better Marvel. Well, most Marvel ones are quite good, but Russell. Fucking Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Russell. I was like, what's on the end of that? It's not Russell Crowe. God, God um, is too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that apparently was using, there was, um, that's like a mixture of, and maybe that's how Marvel do it all the time, but a mixture of like standing, facing, yeah. uh, prosthetics kind of. And um, and actually, it was, I think it was like Watch Mojo, the way they said it too actually made a lot of sense. The performance of the actor can help you sell it a lot. Like if you're enjoying the performance, it, yeah. You know, it can get past it. If they're acting well enough, you can get past yeah, a little bit more probably. of the ropey stuff. Um, but was there just one I didn't think of earlier was Blade Runner. Now, it wasn't de-aging because they didn't have the actress, I don't think. I don't think she was involved at all. Mm-hmm. But Sean Young. Remember, yeah, Sean, Sean Hayes? No, that's Sean, Sean Young. Hayes is just Jack from fucking Will and Grace. Hayes? <laughs> Sean Young. Sean Young, yeah. Hey. That's... That, that was pretty, like, it's a, a little bit of ropiness to it, but, like, it really works, I think, too. Um, yeah. That's probably one of the better examples I can think of. Like, of all, I think that's one of the, like, you did a pretty fucking good job there, like. Yeah. It's hard to fault that. Oh. Okay, so unless I'm just getting any last-minute examples, I think that's just kind of covered it. Um, if she's about to dive into the news. There you go. Yeah. Um... As as I mentioned earlier, it's been a pretty slow news day, uh, news week even. There's not really that much that's, that's happened. Um, however, we'll, we'll go through we'll go through it nonetheless. Positive, positive, positive. First thing, this isn't really big news, but it's tied to a review that I wrote. I wrote a review for Shang Chi um, on the website, uh, which I'll link below, and it's been confirmed that that's coming to Disney Plus on the twelfth of November. If you didn't get to the cinema to see it, then you can see it soon. Um, this one I thought was interesting. This is um, a story that is actually Star Wars related, um, and it was a, a story that said that the original editor of the Star Wars films was furious at the sequel trilogy. It said that they basically don't get the story, they don't get the magic of it, um, you, you just messed oh, it up, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Um, a couple of ways to look at this. There's one kind of old person shouts at a cloud, this isn't my Star Wars kind of attitude to it, but at the same time, it's the sequels aren't great movies, but it's also easy to say that now, um, that they've been out and they've been kind of publicly slagged, and you know it's kind of popular opinion to hate on them. So I, I think that could have an angle on it as well. But 
this is something he was involved with Star Wars kind of for the early days, so I think it does need to be taken quite quite legitimately. Um, what do you think, yeah? Was it no his wife? Is that what it is? Um, I think it was... Uh, yes, I think it was the editor, um, but she might have been... She might be something to Lucas. I don't know if she was related to him. Or was she married to Lucas? I didn't know well, that. She's no. spouse. I don't know, but she, yeah... Um, it was. It was something. Oh, I can't remember. Because I think she was. She was kind of like, like all power to her. I think she was shit talking the prequels too. Oh, really? Talking about the prequels? Yeah. Oh. So I don't think the. I don't think she was married to Lucas. Um, no, was... Unless, unless that was the case. I don't know. Maybe the. <laughs> maybe there was enough of a gap between their marriage that she felt like, oh yeah, I can talk <laughs> shit about it. Um, no, it was. It's something about like. Um... Like I've, I've I've I love Star Wars, but I was always on day one when I came out the when I first watched the Force Awakens. I was like, all right, okay, this isn't the the kind of Star Wars that we're used to. It's going to be just it's just hitting us with just memorabilia. Yeah, so well, or it, like, it or maybe it, it kind of is to a fault. Like a lot of people saying, yeah, it's just it's just the first, it's just a new hope again. Uh huh. Yeah, it's exactly, and you're like, all right, okay, what's the what's the the next stage of it because like even the prequels at least they gave a good enough story to continue each segment you know like that the first one set one when he's the first one when he's like finding anakin the second one when he's like training him the third one when he yeah comes into Darth Vader. The, this one i don't really know like if you could is there any kind of like foundation to that star wars do you think like what's it maybe felt a bit unfocused now would it uh, we've talked about it the last time we were on together. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, um, and I've only seen Force Awakens. Force Awakens happens in the uh, other his day. wife. It was his wife. Um, from it was 19, from 1969 to 1983. So she was the editor. Okay. Because it was, I heard yeah, something cause... like it was like you have to edit this movie because if I give it to another editor in like in LA, they'll edit it as like a just an action flick. I need you as a, just a different point of view just to make it not an action flick. So I heard some, I was something to do with that. I remember hearing that ages ago. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, there's like, because I think I, I, I only seen, uh, you know, you see the thumbnails, articles coming up. It, it didn't mention, it was just said editor, but I guess they were only <laughs> married for what, 13 years and it was so far back. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. that's gas. No, it's, 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 it's interesting like she's actually got the ball. I mean, she's got nothing to do with it anymore, so she's just probably just saying, Yeah, or, 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 so 83. Or when did the last, uh, not last, when did the Jedi come out? When did the last prequel? Um, well, no, oh, um, 83. 83. It was, 83. was, a, it was a lot with her of the Jedi, so she was, yeah, on the, 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 Kevin, yeah, Kevin Smith and his pod was talking about it last week, and I thought there was something like maybe she already didn't she maybe had issues with Return of the Jedi, even. Oh, she probably did. Like, um, going back. Going back <laughs> like, I hate this film so much. We're getting fucking divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I done too. You made you forced me for the third one, but I uh, it's like see, but there's ups and downs all the way through Star Wars. But it's like, oh, I don't know what it is, but it was just like you watched it when you like when you were young. You watched it with your dad and your mom when you're growing up. So it was like really sentimental value to it. And you're like, ah, oh, right, okay. You had the VHS, and that's showing my age a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you had the VHS, put in a tape recorder, it didn't work for a wee while, and you were like hoping. And then it would like, go into the full movie, and the big Star Wars, the credits would roll up. But um, yeah, it's. 
I feel like it's. I don't know if it is. I used to always put it down to this when it was the Star Wars, the Force Awakens, and the Last Jedi and stuff like that. I don't know if I've grew out it. You know, if I like grew out the kind of uh I watch it, but you know, I'm I'm kind of older now. <laughs> it's a weird kind of sad moment you have for yourself. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um... But it's always funny too, because when you think of like when a film comes out, um, when a film comes out, the next generation will see it. Like even you know, if you're eighteen, like a ten year old, they see that film when they're ten. They just love it. They don't care. Like some, ah, exactly. It makes a huge difference. And then people grow up. At that, people grow up then, and they just grow up with that love for it. Mm-hmm. Bias. Like what? What was the? What was there any? things that you had disconnect with the actual the sequels is there anything that you looked at was like oh or did you enjoy them i'm stepping on your toes say well that. i was never i was never like even as i was I, I think i said i think i've said in most like i only went to, to watch the a new hope to return of the jedi as an adult and i was like oh, i can't stick this acting like i want to be I'm kind of re- re- repeating myself too much <laughs> i feel like i'm like even from when I was doing it last week, I was like, have I just said the same thing again? <laughs> I, <said> that, <laughs> I, I might nerd topics that I just repeat all the time. It's funny because, like, I have, like, you know, different nerd friends online from different things. I'm like, have I told you this story before? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really, I don't have enough of an investment. And, like, Star Wars fans are... I'd probably be shot just for even mentioning. So I, I, I don't think I'm enough of an authority on Star Wars to really comment on it even. But Dan, that um, it was his wife. She edited yeah. The, yeah. from the, the Hope to the Return of the Jedi. So she yeah. must be pissed. <laughs> but actually, you're probably right. She probably is talking about the the, the prequels as well. Like the yeah. New Hope. No, no, no. Return of the Jedi. Um, speaking of people's comments um, this one is way more light hearted um, Toe for Grace did an AMA <laughs> on Reddit <laughs> and he was asked if he's in the new Spider-Man have you heard this Chris? no is it so, in the new Spider-Man? <laughs> so Toe for Grace's answer to whether he's playing Venom in the new Spider-Man was oh. please, please keep it between us but yes I'm in it the plot starts with Peter Parker brackets Tom Holland bummed that everyone knows his identity and then some crazy shit happens with Doctor Strange and Doc Ock he comes into his dimension then Electro and the Green Goblin hop out of one of those energy circles and they're like, it's spider stomping time. Then Tom Hardy and I pop out and battle each other and I win, obviously. <laughs> it's not even like a fight, I just kick him, kick his ass immediately. Not to give too much away, but there are also some actors from the original Spider-Man show in the 70s. Aquaman, Batman, uh, brackets, Affleck, not Keaton. And thanks to Disney and Solo's ghost from The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, and that Eve robot from Wally. Again, please keep it between us. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was a phenomenal answer because instead of being like Andrew Garfield and be like oh it's a Photoshop and like don't forget it's just not like and I'd be like ah you throw a heavy side for trying to guess this so I'm just going to take the piss <laughs> so yeah pretty good and that's like there's, there's like it's like sometimes I just want to just just don't tell me like you know I've not watched like for like even like the the Justice League movie, I didn't even want to watch a trailer because I wanted to just watch the movie like there's now I've just don't want to watch trailers now. Just go in blank. See, a lot of folk, a lot of folk do that, right? And a lot of folk say that, um, especially online. Like, I think it's hard when you're part of like a podcast like this. It's kind of obviously it's hard to to uh, not do that because um, I remember Ben was saying the same thing. But I think um, 
I don't know. I've I've never really been of that opinion. Um, I'm a guy. I don't really get the whole. Oh, don't spoil it! Don't spoil it! I, I oh no, no, I don't, no, I don't care about that. No, like I've more... never, I've never even wanted to care about spoilers. I can still enjoy something if I know how it ends. Um, it's never really been an issue to me. But I also realise it's an issue to other people. So what, you know, that's why I'm kind of careful because I don't want to ruin it for somebody else. But um, for me personally, it's never. Like, I knew how Breaking Bad ended before I, I got ready watching it. I knew how... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, loads of films that I've seen over the years, like, you know, the ending before you watch it, and I can still appreciate it and still enjoy it. Like, yeah. I still enjoy Fight Club, but I know all of a sudden all the twists. It's like... There's yeah, no... I think with nerd stuff, it's a bit different, like, maybe. You know, it's obviously annoying if you get a spoiler, yeah. but, like... I'd say nerd culture and internet are definitely more sensitive to it. Like, yeah. and, like, and I... I, I I'm a Reddit geek, so I'll sit and read it for hours. And and like your Scorsese Reddits, nobody really cares about leaks or spoilers. Whereas you go over to like a, a Marvel one, and it's either people asking for leaks, like "Oh, does anybody know yeah. what's happening with this guy?" Or it's people being like, "Oh, drop talking because of the spoilers," and make sure you flag yeah. your post spoilers so I can't look at it and that. And you're like, it's just "I don't even like to tell people if I like the film or not." Like. On their behalf for spoilers, yeah. but then at the same time with nerd stuff, you're like, you always want to know more information until you, like, it's like one of this something about the Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't even know if it's true, but I'm not gonna say what it is. But I'm like the YouTuber is like, oh, spoilers from this point. I'm like, ah, it's not really gonna be spoilers, is it? And then he yeah, just he said like two sentences. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If it's true. Not, I've never, I've never had that effect on my spoilers. Like, I just, I, I don't mind. I, I love listening to podcasts. Um, there's a question. Obviously, this is we do a lot of reviews on the website. Do you guys read a review before you see a film, or does that affect your opinion? Good in after, after, after. Yeah. even see, if I'm not. I'm before. Like, are you? It, people like Jeremy Jazz and Chris Stuckman. As soon as the film is out, I'll go and watch the review. They don't do spoilers though. I don't no, think really. They don't do spoilers, They're good no, for no. it. Like, yeah, if I if I if I'm if I'm confident that I know the reviewer. Uh, Mark Caramode is good too in mm-hmm. that way. I'd, like he's obviously more literary than them, maybe. But like it, yeah. I view them, the three of them, nearly the same way. Yeah. They're usually pretty safe, unless it's something I really want to watch. But then I, I really like watching reviews. Like I'll, I'll happily sometimes I just want to watch the film so I can watch YouTubers yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's usually kind of part of the conversation. But um, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't have a line. Like if I'm on if I'm listening to Mr. Sunday movies, for example, or like Weekly Planet podcast, and they also do their no spoiler section and their spoiler section, I never skip the spoiler section. Like if I've not seen the film, I would just listen to the whole podcast. Yeah. It's never uh, it's sometimes, just, sometimes with them I'm like I kinda wanna watch the film, but I wanna hear them talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a toss up. Yeah. If we only have to miss out in seven minutes, I'm like I it depends. I won't always like *Malignant*. They reviewed last week, and it's like mm. I'm, some people are like, uh, "It's good, but it's not good." So I'm like, maybe I'll hold off. But I, I definitely have room films just because I want to hear them I'm, talk about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing *Malignant*, but I'd know the twist. I've heard the twist. Yeah, I, I, I still want to see it. It's still- I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, it's fantastic," but really disappointed at the same time. I'm like, okay. Just I put it in the chat. But just if you didn't. Miss it? The, I think the biggest nerd news that kind of only really came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Ditko a joint, the Ditko estate. Larry Lieber, which is Stanley's brother, I think, uh-huh. I, think I believe is still alive, and some other. I I, I posted the deadline article in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I've got it open. 
Yeah, um, and there's a couple other Marvel creators who maybe aren't like I never heard of anyone else being credited for Tor, even though Tor is a Norse god. Um, uh, Don Heck, who I've heard the name of before, who worked on Iron Man. I don't, and I don't know how much Don Rico, Black Widows, and Gene Nolan. Couple of us are basically they're trying to like cut for the juggler and sue Marvel out of Spider Man, Iron Man, Ant Man, Black Widow. Yeah, Captain Marvel, like Falcon, Blade, Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange and Spider Man, because it's Dick Cole's estate, are the biggest things. Uh, I guess there was a Superman case a couple of years ago, in like 2014, I think it says right, in the article. Okay. I can't see anyone beating Disney in court, no matter no. what. Well, that, that, that's what I was going to say. It's Disney going up against. Like, I know Steve Dick Cole's probably got. His family's probably got money to throw at them, but uh, it's Disney. You know, what was, yeah. the, was there like a, a result with the Scarlett Johansson case? Is that still ongoing? Like, I, she, I assume it's still ongoing. It's still ongoing, uh, yeah. All right, I don't think they've, they've a leg to stand on there, and she'll have backing. By, like even, I think, a couple of weeks, if you go back, uh, the fucking... Sorry, at least curtail my cursing a bit. The Russo brothers, I thought that was very because, like, when that first came out, it was like, how was no one standing up for? Like, I know Disney have so many pots, many pies, but like when Chris Pratt was, oh, that's actually another bit of news. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it. When he was criticised for his relations to the church, you know, LGBT, anti-LGBT church, like all the actors came out in defence from straight away. But like, Scarlett Johansson. Like, James Gunn, what he was getting accused of, and they all came out and defended him. <laughs> yeah, but Scarlett Johansson, I mean? F all, like, um, a handful. Um, Batista came out, but I think he was nearly, like, not in defense of her. He was, like, oh, big deal or something like. <laughs> um, I, I, I like Batista, but see more and more. He's got a big mouth, man. He's starting to get a... Yeah, like, I, he, he, he was... He put his heart on the line for <laughs> James Gunn straight away, but I was like, are you kind of, like, dissing her? Like, I yeah. know Scarlett Johansson, like, there's other issues people have with her, but, like, I was just of the mind of... She's a person against a giant company, and if they can do that, like, as a lot of people are saying, they can do that to her. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's Disney, but Disney are, like... It's a giant company, like they're of course evil. Like there's no yes. way they're not <laughs> all above board on everything. Like yeah, totally. um, yeah. But the Russo, sorry, the Russo brothers came out in defense of her, saying like, "Well, we're not going to do Secret Wars then." Um, and I think Elizabeth Olsen, she didn't really. She was kind of like, "Oh, she's very strong for doing that." She was, you know. But a lot of the actor, like Robert Downey Jr., you would have thought might have had yeah. more words to say. Now maybe they're doing stuff behind the back. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is a very rich man. I'm sure he'd probably. You know, again, Sergio Hansen's a very rich woman, so like, yes, I could imagine there's stuff going on behind the scenes, but like, is it really that much to just throw a few words of support publicly yeah. out there? So, to go back to the case, I don't see them winning against Disney. They might get a big settlement. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think Disney, some people Disney can afford that settlement as well. So it's yeah, I think what some people were saying that even if they did get the rights back out of them, it would either force. Like, Marvel could lose, like, I don't think it's going to happen, but Marvel could lose Spider-Man entirely. Yeah, uh, Sony could then have the sole right. Oh, or, well, oh, hopefully not. <laughs> or Marvel would be forced, like, it could work out in a way that Marvel would just have to throw them shit tons of money, but then own Spider-Man entirely again. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the best case. Like, 
you know, I say, I say for the consumer, that's the best case. Yeah, personally. I don't really run read Spider Man like uh, the recent Nick Spencer run. I didn't read like I was like, oh, the team's kind of cool when it first came out, but like I don't really want to read it. Hopefully, what's happening now with the relaunch was that Archer Adams is doing the art and Ben Riley's coming back. Like, I'm interested yeah. in seeing that, but I don't really want to be like Spider Man not in the Marvel Universe. I'm like, oh. Aye, come on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you want him. Like, he's I know he can main, work. He's the main. He's one of the main. Like, see, really, for me, it was always Spider-Man. It was the entry point because it was the kind of you could connect to him. Yeah. And then maybe Wolverine because he was rough. And then, like, see, Iron Man. I wasn't really a fan of him until RDJ. I brought the unit. Yeah. yeah, but he was B-list like, up until that point. Ah, uh, he wasn't the main guy, but he is the main because it's because he done it. He is the main guy now. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean, they can't do that. It's big Spidey man. Stan Lee would disapprove. <laughs> yeah, but I think was it? I I always thought it was a fact, but I tried to Google it recently. I think someone jumped ahead. But I think Spider Man, at least for a period, a long period of time, his merch outsells. I don't think it's every superhero combined, but he is. What's that? Yeah. Streets ahead? I can't remember what sitcom that's yeah, from. Yeah. He is miles ahead of other superheroes. But I, I did Google it recently. Like I was like, maybe it's not the case anymore. But for a long time, his merch outsold any superhero. Wow. Batman, yeah, Superman, anybody that like that was and that was a big part of the original um, collaboration deal with Disney and Sony. Um, was that one of them would get the box office uh, income, and the other person would get the yeah merchandise and i think both, the other the merch yeah or marvel before yeah, I, I think that's why they kind of want to be happy because and i would guess that the merchandise is probably a lot more Money, than yeah. the than the box office oh yeah um yeah the last the last relevant bit of news i would say is the chris pratt cast and to play Mario. Um, this was announced at the Nintendo Direct that happened the other day. Um, there was some other stuff for that, but it was not worth going over. Um, but yeah, Chris Pratt being cast as Mario, what do, do you make of this? What's going on? I think it's just it's a, a headline name. It's the exact same thing as Jurassic Park. Again, somebody that's quite box office money-wise and showing them in. I don't think. I mean, I might completely wrong. You might completely disagree. I don't think he wants to do Mario. Jake or Jake has just shoved a bug out of money to him. Do, do you know something? I'm gutted that Massimo's not here this week because I really want to ask him. Oh, what he shit, yeah. There's not one Italian actor that's ever played Mario. That's oh, kind of so... weird. <laughs> like Bob yeah. Hoskins and Chris Pratt. Like, to really wait then, just playing no, no. Char- Charlie Day is, at le- which I didn't know it to Google, but Charlie Day is at least half Lee. Italian. Yeah, he's late. You know. <laughs> um, uh, but even if he's going to put on an Well, I guess he can put on an accent. I don't know. It's good. I, I just don't like, get Chris Pratt. An accent, how they- I don't like Chris Pratt either. No, I think, I think this is really like that, the stuff about him from the past. And like his affability was great in Guardians 1. It's been stretched too thin. Yes, I think yeah, for yes, me, yeah. I've just been—I've <laughs> been sharing this joke everywhere. I'm just like Chris Pratt, more like Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but it just—it's just, like I—I I felt compelled to write that anywhere. Like I put it on my Insta stories and everything. It's just like he's really pushed us. Like it's too yeah. much. I'm like, it—he it, really should, like. I think he's crossed a line now where he should have really held back. He had great affability when he started. All that kind of like... Overexposure? 
yeah, that, and then you know his links to whatever whatever viewpoints. I can't stop doing fucking air quotes. <laughs> um, I think it just pushed it too much, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I just dislike the guy now. Um, yeah, and it, it, he should have just said like, if he's been hired for something, fair enough. But like, why? Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's no, he's no talent heritage whatsoever. Um, he's not even like. Could, should they not have like had the foresight to go? Okay, maybe Chris Pratt isn't that popular anymore. Yeah, you know, if people liked him, and then other like there was a certain element were like, well, he's not Italian, but you know, he's hilarious. Like people don't like him as much anymore. He's really, but he has still been pushed as a frontman. I mean, there was that Tomorrow War that came out, the Amazon one, and yeah, he was in one before that that was fairly popular. Um, yeah, he's still being pushed as a kind of Hollywood kind of hunk big kind of leading man and yeah. I just, I've never liked the guy I don't think he's funny mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's that weird thing where like studios and the money people have a dip, like it's like their their head is in the sand for what people actually oh, want totally. oh totally a lot of like the Spider-Man Sony album. decisions are like that too where it's like yeah, yeah. not so much the casting exactly but story wise or whatever I like even going back to that kind of idea of like if something's good just make it good don't like studio it just give it a good director give it a good script give it time and like I, yeah I just don't see the disconnect I don't like I don't see how they can go oh yeah let's put Chris Pratt everybody loves Chris Pratt it was yeah. like five years ago yes but like yeah. how are you so blind on that yeah but then again James, James Gunn's a hot property now he's he's a wanted man in Hollywood who James, James Gunn. Gunn oh yeah um, or like yeah Disney I, I would argue that he's been doing the same shtick for years and it's getting old and there's also all the accusations and stuff that's come out about him and yeah he's still very popular it's not really affected his career at all um i think i i wouldn't have thought anyway i thought there would be more goodwill towards him now i just i've, I've just i've never been a fan of james gunn either to be honest fair enough um, hey, okay well we go for like a mini fan casting for who would maybe be a better mario sure okay uh this is a real smorgasbord of a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Imperioli. No, that's not his real name. <laughs> I was going to say that. Michael Imperioli. Well, the guy from Sopranos. I was thinking Gandolfini. And Gandolfini was Italian, but his son isn't really much of an actor. Yeah, well, you know, he's not much of a character. Not right. saying he's not a good actor. There's Lapic, Michael Gandolfini, because in there's certain points in Menace in New York <laughs> that I could actually see him as married. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> no, hold on a minute. There's a Photoshop of Robert Pattinson from oh, The Lighthouse and no. the Mario colours smoking a cigarette and he's like a kind of really gritty Mario. I want to see that. I mean, I guess because... I don't know the white guy. <laughs> what, about guess Robert, what about Robert Dorito? Not Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> what about him and uh, oh, Al Pacino? That would be brilliant. I, I guess because Italian actors... Usually work in Italian language. We don't really have like I'm. I was googling here, and everyone is either dead or really old. But I Google Italian actor. Yeah, um, there we go. Let's go topic related CGI Marlon Brando. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> there we what go. Italian American. Are you really Google Italian Nicholas Cage, Matt LeBlanc, Bradley Cooper. Matt LeBlanc would not be a bad choice. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Danny DeVito. Him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Danny DeVito. No, Danny DeVito is Waluigi. 
That's what I want. Uh, <laughs> someone who's the the evil version of Luigi? Why Luigi? Yeah, while Luigi. Yeah, like, Waluigi. if they don't cast William Defoe or William Defoe. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Ray Romano. Oh, Ray Romano would be good. He's more Luigi, I see. Ray Romano's more Luigi. Yeah, he just has that vibe. Then who's? I don't know about Danny DeVito. Doesn't seem like a bad one. Mark Ruffalo, I don't think it really has the funniness. John Favreau. Oh, <laughs> John Favreau and um, oh. It wouldn't be like there's some what, there's, LeBlanc, any one cool. of these is better than this is like Madonna. <laughs> just, <laughs> coming up here. Um, yeah, I'm like John Favreau, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito would be hilarious. Yeah, he would be. John Favreau. Uh, it's not me. I'm just like I, I had to switch it to Italian American actors. DiCaprio would be kind of hilarious too. Can <laughs> <laughs> you get um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be many. On Google, like Italian and American actors, there's not as many on the kind of younger side that are coming up. I guess for Google, you have to have more, be more established. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Chris Pratt, Mario, bad. Please don't. Yeah, they're going to do it. But yeah, Mantle Blank. I definitely see Mantle Blank. He's got that more um, the boost to his popularity. Even yeah. um, uh, Rocket Raccoon. Mm. What's his name? Bradley I'm Cooper. looking at him and I can't think of his name. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he came up with Italian-American. Ten Italian-American stars you don't expect. Okay, so, yeah. But even like Charlie Day. Well, look, it's it's his heritage, but I, I, I wouldn't... I had to Google. You know, I think... Is there not someone who'd be like... I guess the role is a feckin' stereotype. And yeah, Massimo would be the best man to talk about this, but the role originally is a stereotype and like previously... It hasn't been played by an Italian or an Italian American, so it's a yeah. bit. Yeah, I don't know. Just not Chris Pratt. No, anybody except anybody but. Um. So yeah, I see that runs up the news. Um. I said it was a fairly slow week, but I think we made the most of that. Mm. Um. Before we disappear, what have you guys been watching, playing? Have you wrote it on the website? What have you been up to? I actually watched uh, the Matrix again, like Ooh. recently. And I think it was um, two days ago. And man, I, I wasn't really a Matrix fan. Like, really, I was like, all right, okay, I'll watch it. I watched the, all the films once and was like, all right, okay, that's fine. But see, watching it back, you actually completely, it's a different point of view now. I'm like, wow, these guys actually really did some groundbreaking work with the whole, like, like the gender, the transgender thing, when they, in the actual Matrix, she's a woman, and then in there, she's a male. It's like, wow, okay, didn't really notice that. And you don't notice yeah. that you walk in, you're like, okay, maybe I missed so much. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But it's like, wow, like, even the, like, even the acting's a bit, like, you go, like, Lawrence, is it Lawrence Fish, Fishburne? Is that his name? Yeah. He was, I love him as more, more face now. Like, I didn't really give him that much credit when, when I first watched him. I was like, oh, yes. I totally love him. But, like, you have the red pill and the blue pill. I was like, oh, mate, take me. I'll, I'll, have yeah. the red, I'll have the red pill any day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think even people look like, again, to. I, don't, I, think I find it very hard to be in a podcast and talk about nerd stuff and not reference the Weekly Planet. Um, but they were kind of like, they were look, when looking back on them, and even the sequels, people are like, do you know, there's still, there's still a lot of good stuff here. Like, there's not, there's, I think there yeah, were maybe. There's parts of the sequels that are great. Um, 
Yeah, did, did you watch all three, Chris? Did you watch the trilogy? Or just no, the no, no, I just watched the first one. It's on. I've done, um, Netflix has been bugging me, saying recommended me it's just reloaded. So I'm like, yeah, okay. okay. On it. I'm just like, all right, okay. I might actually continue. Um, Talking about Matrix Reloaded, there's a behind-the-scenes clip. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I, I, we don't watch it right now because we're podcasting, but watch this later. Um, I'll put it in the chat. I think you I, might have put it in the chat yesterday. I did. I put it in the, the group yeah, chat, yeah. the, the, the BCP chat. Um, yeah, it's... Um, his name it's Kennedy's behind the scenes doing the scene from Reloaded but he's kind of with all the different camera. heads when yeah, he's talking yeah, yeah. to the architect the oh, well actually that might be a spoiler for oh, I've seen that is that when he's swearing yeah 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 I just remember watching that way back I think I might maybe watch it like or watch it on DVD like with my mates afterwards there's a bit where he's just like fuck you going to the camera um yeah, a lot of mean potential in that video. Oh, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been I'm trying to think if I've been watching anything. Um, as I said, I've been wanting to go back and watch The Pranos, but I did see The Many Suits in New York and I did write a review for it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really Can enjoyed it. Next week now. The, I think the biggest thing with these kind of movies, right, with these prequels and sequels and epilogues and all the rest of it, they have to justify their existence. See, when they're mm. following a show as iconic as The Sopranos, it was the same when El Camino followed Breaking Bad. It was like, well, if you're going to return to this world, then it needs to be great. Do you know what I mean? It can't be anything less than great. Um, that's always been my thing about The Last of Us too. Um, it was like, well, if you were going to do that, you shouldn't have bothered. Just leave it. Um, so, yeah, thankfully this movie does justify its existence. Um, I think it does great. add to the characters, add to the universe. One of the most interesting takeaways I came away from, without spoiling anything, um we hear mentions in the show about how Tony had potential as a football player <gasps> and as kind of, he was intelligent, obviously he was a very intelligent character um, and he could go and not be in this life, he could have been a, he could have been to college, he could have got an education, blah, blah, blah. Seeing it as explicitly as you do in the movie, like you hear it mentioned in the show, but when you, when you actually see it playing out, it's really tra- it makes the character way more tragic because you're yeah. like, this guy could have been... Had a better future. Yeah, like... Life. Yeah, um, totally different life, and certain uh, story elements that take place in the film obviously leads to it. Doesn't explicitly show you know Tony killing his first guy or anything. It doesn't go as like as kind of explicit as that, but events in the in the movie start to hint towards Tony going down that path. Not as I said, it's it's not it's done subtly. It's not done like kind of beating you over the head with it. Like oh look, this guy's going to be a big gangster. Oh, it's, it's more you know it's kind of more holding back than that. You um, see a little kind of like the breaking bad. But you start bad. to see you see the light going out his eyes. You see the kind of the cynicism setting in and oh. kind of realizing this is the way the world is. And if I need to do what I need to do, I'll do what I need yeah, to do. Yeah, you just kind of get a hint of that and. Fair play to Michael Gandolfini because before this, I think he was in The Deuce, the TV show The Deuce. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he was in much else. So he's, he's still a young actor with obviously not that much under his belt, but he was he was great in this. He was phenomenal. And I did it, wonder, I think like most people go in and you wonder, is it nepotism? Did they just cast him because he was his son? But no, uh, he, he gives us the whole performance. He's great. When I just seen the first images of him in character, I was like... Don't fucking care if it's nepotism. Like he looked, it, 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 it's magic. It, the fact that the the situation worked out that they're able to do that is yeah. a gift. Like yeah, you totally. know, I, I wouldn't bother me at all. There, yeah. there was, I went. To, I watched like five episodes of the first season recently, and like 
there's a line Tony has when he's talking to Dr. Melfi, the therapist. He's like, I did half a semester. I did a semester at college. I know all about psychology. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very smart man, but in some ways he's not like, yeah, someone can be very smart, but I don't know, are intelligent, but not smart. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, Um, I know the the film's great. The other performances are great. Um, it's kind of, I will say this, Gordon, although the market would have you believe it's a prequel all about Tony Soprano, it's not. It's more about his uncle, Dickie Moltisanti, yeah. who, okay. who is Tony's mentor and is kind of responsible for the way that Tony went. But it's not a movie about a young Tony. It's a movie about a young Dickie Moltisanti yeah. and Tony's his nephew. So he's more of a side character. But it's, it's phenomenal. Brilliant would it be right in thinking that the time period isn't even where he's that age isn't in it? It isn't in that time period where he's there or is he is Tony's time period when he's played by Michael Gandolfini in the film a lot uh, well I was I was actually that was what I was going to say I was sitting in the cinema I was thinking when are we going to see Michael Gandolfini it's about halfway through the film before we, we get our first scene with Michael yeah. Gandolfini um, like Spider-Man in Civil War <laughs> yeah it starts off Tony's about 10 at the start of the movie like he's yeah. a young kid and it shows you kind of Things happen. I don't want to spoil any in the movie because it's yeah. not actually on streaming yet. But um, yeah, certain things happen, and then and then there's a time jump. Um, a certain character goes to prison and jumps about five years, six years, and then you pick up with Tony again. Yeah, seventeen. Because um, I had heard there was a time. Is sorry. No, no, you. I had heard there was a time period or a real world event that didn't match up time wise to. A seventeen-year-old Tony, you know what I mean. Right, right, so I was kind of aware of that. Um, uh, I was. Well, I... No, he, he's great when he comes into it, but as I said, he, he's not the main character. Yeah. Even though the trailers and the posters would have you think so. That's weird, that because you would think it would be him, even though as he probably his uncles kind of thing. But you think it would be him. Like, um, Alessandro, help me. <laughs> Need what? No, it's not. It's like Neveno or something. Oh, the Hold Mexican on. guy? I've got my review opened. Alessandro Nivola um, oh. is phenomenal as, as the main character. He, he really carries the movie. And he has this kind of... You see it in The Sopranos. Um, and you see it in a lot of guys are kind of media. He's got that kind of calm intensity. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when he kills someone, it's not, it's not like he's enjoying it. And it's also not like he's even there. Like the actor gives a great performance in the sense that it's almost like he blacks out, he does something insane, takes a life, whatever, it puts a knife through somebody's skull or whatever horrible thing he does, and then he kind of switches back on. But instead of being like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" or whatever, it's just right business. This is a boy, didn't get an idea. Like it's very cold and calculated, and he, he plays that really, really well. Um, really good in the film. Is he? That's Chris's dad, is it? Yes. Yeah, that's that's Chris Soprano's dad. Eh, Chris yeah. Soprano's dad. I did yeah. see a and Ray Loyola's grandfather, who's also Ray Loyola's great in the film as well. Oh, there's a clip in the trailer where it's just like I won't, I won't even say exactly what it was, but it was it was fucking heartbreaking. The young Tony meeting baby Chris. Yes. And there's just yes. something. It's just like, oh my god, like yeah. that's horrible. Like, yeah. He uh, says that. He does have a line like, um, it's like he's scared of me or something. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, they say babies know things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the real outer plays uh, the multi-satinic grandfather, um, Dickie's dad. 
and he also plays his uncle. He's playing twin brothers. And it was one of the times that you're watching the movie and he's playing the one, real out playing the one character, right? He's playing the dad and then you see him playing the uncle. And it was one of the reminders. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. This guy is a phenomenally ranged actor. Like, mm-hmm. I think real out for a long time has been playing the kind of shouty older Italian that's kind of like, he does play that part in this film. That's who the, the, the granddad is. Um, Chris's granddad. Um, Hollywood Dick, they call him, and he is like, he's like, hey, which is, you know, he's really over the top and really kind of Italian top of your hands, and he's, he's a hard man, and he thinks he's cool, and he's, he's good with the ladies and all that, and then you see his uncle, who went to prison when he was like 18 for killing someone, and is a totally different person, he's totally like grounded, more cynical, man of very few words, like, totally different spectrum, and it's, it's really impressive when you watch it and you kind of you're just reminded you're like oh that's right this guy actually has range he's not just that guy because he's been doing that version of, of that character for a long time i think really and um, to see him doing something totally different in the same movie i, I found kind of fascinating that's cool and it's like yeah big news really is a great actor we all know but it's nice to be reminded of it do you know what i mean yeah yeah um, but yeah, overall it's great. Um, I, I definitely recommend it when it comes to streaming. If you're a Sopranos fan, it's a love letter to the show. It's a, it's fan service in a big way. But I would also say, even if you're not a Sopranos fan, Give it a does spoil some of the show. Even though it's before, there's some narration that, that would spoil some of the major deaths in the show. So maybe if you've not finished the show, I would say watch that first. But yeah. if you have no intention of watching the show and you've never seen it, you can watch this and enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, you're, if you don't care about the show and you're not going to go back to it, you can still watch this film and enjoy it. Um, that's, that's one thing. Does he sound like him? Has he got his accent? Extremely, yeah. extremely yeah. so. And one one thing that I thought was fascinating, James Gandolfini had a slight speech impediment sometimes when, when he gets intense and he shouts. Sometimes you can see it. Mm-hmm. Michael Gandolfini's speech impediment is the same, but a bit more exaggerated. It's a bit more obvious. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it and I'm thinking, that was the only thing. I'm like, your speech impediment's more kind of... Uh, what's the word Jeez. like profound than you, your dad's was yeah but that is also something that can change with age I that works yeah people that work on it had the last when they were young that's gone now or the, the other way around like yeah so so speech does change as you as you age so no it's totally it's totally believable as that is, it, is it a lisp or kind of like a more of a nasally thing it's kind of in the back of his throat i think uh, but it's kind of like his lips as well i, I don't I, it's kind of hard to describe i don't yeah know but that he's his father's son like yes I, I kind of sound like my dad um, it feels, oh no, it does. It feels like uh, no point did it feel like you're watching James Gandolfini's son. It felt like you were watching a young Tony Soprano. Yeah, what you there's, want. there's also that thing of, um, I think it's in the first episode. Tony, he speaks more like actually like James Gandolfini. Mm. Very more. It, it's not as an Italian of a voice. Yeah, kind of. It's more Americanized, I guess. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, great film. Um, hold on, I'll give you my quick rating of it. Um, exclusive, yeah, exclusive. I I gave it an eight out of ten. Um, in in terms of criticism, the story, the story is very straightforward. It is very. I I don't want to give it away, but this happens, then this is a reaction, then that's how we get here. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not as maybe not as layered as some other gangster movies are. Um, Yeah. But it's fine because it sets up where it needs to go. Do you know what I mean? You know where it's going, so you. It's, it's, it's not an issue um, so yeah the story is a wee bit mm, not basic but it's just maybe yeah. it's a wee bit to be desired um, and I can't actually remember I had another issue um, oh yeah 
something to do with the ending, but obviously I can't speak about that here because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I feel like I again did a bit more with a certain character at the end of the movie, but um, I let folk watch themselves and decide. And also, like I said, yeah. they are talking about doing a sequel, so maybe that's why it ended the way it did, so they can yeah. leave it open. I don't know. Um, but no, overall, it was great. Which is like, I think. Yeah, great, great film. There's a lot to be said for not being like, as long as it's not a fucking dumpster fire, like, and doesn't. Oh, no. You know. No, it's, it's absolutely. It's to the standard of the show, I would say. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's not. No, no one did it love the show is going to be let down by this. It's, it's at the same level. It's great. That's, that's, a, that's good. Um, I was. Well, strangely, like, even though I was really put off by the end of the first season, um. Sorry for what I was watching. Uh, I decided to start Daredevil again. Okay. Oh. Um, really? I kind of there was a certain point in the end of the first season where it was just like, oh, was it something like it was? They're at a funeral. I won't say who, but they're uh-huh. at a funeral. Um, as Matt Ellen, Ellen Page, no, Karen, Ka- actress, Karen, yeah, Karen, Karen Page, and Matt Murdock, like you know, not as Daredevil. They're at a funeral. And just as the casket is lowered into the ground, they walk straight up and talk to the wife of the person. And that's a very small thing, but a nitpicker like me, and just, you know, being at funerals, that would not have, two strangers yeah. are not going to get the chance to go up and talk to the wife of someone whose casket has literally just gone into yeah. the ground. And I yeah. know it was whatever, but in my head, I was just like, could you not just shoot that scene that they approached her at the car after that point? Yeah. Like, that was a small thing. And then, you know, as the second season, I stopped... I think I just got sick of it after the Punisher arc because Punisher kind of finishes in the second season. He maybe comes yeah. in again at the end. But then everyone's just saying like, oh, the third season works really well. I'm like, look, I'm just going to go back and rewatch this now because I know the third season ends well. I might skip some episodes in the second season, but I just thought I'd start it again. Um, yeah. That's very enjoyable. Acting's great. And just to see kind of like, to kind of treat it because they've got back into comics in the last year and a half to so treat it as this is a short arc treated as three volumes. I'm just going to go back and watch it. Yeah, um, and it's good to see D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Cause he's huh? D'Onofrio as Kingpin as well. It must be good to see him back because D'Onofrio is incredible. Yeah, great. Um, and then comics, I... I don't know what we were talking about it the last time. I reviewed Dark Ages 1. Right. The Marvel, the Tom Taylor thing. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last pod I was on. Uh, it's great. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm I, I'm very fresh to comics, so I've been given a lot of like maybe all of my reviews have been five star, but I've also been selective of picking what I'm reviewing that it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I've been reviewing was that Texas Blood, which I've done volume one, issue eight, issue nine, and now issue ten. And again, like it, I kind of see it like Sopranos is kind of just like it's just really fucking good every time. The art and the writing. Like it's you think for it's it's all based in kind of small town Texas, but mm. Chris Condon is the writer and J- Jacob Phillips, son of Sean Phillips. Yeah, I'm sure he just I'm sure he just like that every time someone goes Jacob Phillips to <laughs> the Sean Phillips. But it's you know it's, it's for people to know. Yeah, it's just both of them. They add in stuff that you don't expect every time, especially for the art. Same characters, but like he just adds in something like a little. It mightn't be a massive change, but. There's something different in the art every issue that you're like, oh, cool. And it's like, you know, it's not this big superhero story spanning different worlds. It's all in the one place in Texas. Um, there's different time periods, which is, you know, but the story, they keep finding new places to go with everything. It's nice. fantastic. 
Um, they couldn't rec- recommend it enough. Good stuff. Um, well, I think unless you guys have got anything else to add, I think we'll wrap it there. Right. Um, yes, thank you for watching another episode of BGCP Disassembled. Um, let us know if you've got any other examples of bad CGI, good CGI, leave them in the comments below. Drop us a like, that helps. Drop us a sub, um, share if you really enjoy it. And yeah, that's us. We're wrapping up. I've been Dan and I've been joined by Jared and Chris. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I guess we'll see you next week where we don't have a discussion topic yet, but I'm sure we'll be here to talk about something. It'll be something. Right. Cheers, folks. All the best. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Disassembled. You can find more news and reviews on BigGlasgowComicPage.com. And don't forget, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube as BGCP Comic Con. Make sure you also subscribe on the podcast provider of choice for new episodes every week.